help to be free. Together, we can stop human trafficking in Missouri. Brought to you by the Missouri Attorney General's Office. What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. Let's get biblical. Here's Bruce the Theologian on the Elijah Hart Show. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. And we don't know who we are. Survival and resistance in evangelical America, Christian reconstruction in the Pacific Northwest. Bruce, the theologian, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Uh, we're going to have a fun conversation about that today. But first, we have to ask you the question of the day. Right. Last night in the Missouri Senate, there was a filibuster. Okay. They read books for 12 hours. Question of the day, if you had to speak for 12 hours and you couldn't read a book, what would you or could you talk about for 12 hours straight? 12 hours straight. So to get this again, yeah, I can't read a book, right? But I've got to, I've got to maintain people's attention effectively. For Even if they hours. don't maintain, you just got to be able to talk about something without bringing notes up. Just, just talking for twelve hours. Hmm. Um, the state of the American church. The state of the American there church. There you go. I could talk. I figured to be in yeah. this value. We. I said first the underpinnings of the American government, how we came to be. But then I was like, I think I'd rather just talk about conspiracy theories for 12 hours. Okay, I could probably do that. Because I love that and I find them fascinating. Um, Okay, let's dive into what is Christian Reconstructionism? Well, the the book you mentioned, Survival and Resistance in Evangelical America, is by Crawford Gribben. He's an academic that uh, lives in Ireland. Uh, The book is published by Oxford University Press, so that gives it some credibility for Oxford University to publish a book. Um. And it's about the American Redoubt Movement, which has um, uh, taken form over the last 30 years or so in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and uh, kind of the epicenter of it today is Moscow, Idaho. Um, and there's a lot of... Um, Doug Wilson is kind of the uh, the de facto mayor of Moscow, Idaho, but though he actually isn't the mayor. But um, he has a college there, and we can talk about his work Um but it primarily begins with uh, a gentleman called R.J. Rushduni, who was uh, uh, an Armenian-American philosopher, father of the modern homeschool movement that may, many people are familiar with. It's interesting, there's over 2 million American children are now homeschooled. I thought that was an interesting And that number that exploded at, during COVID. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, because the book was actually, the book was written around the time of COVID, so that that number, we would assume, is higher than 2 million now. Um and um in his influence as a uh as a, a post millennial um christian a theonomist um a, a christian reconstructionist and then his influence on a, a gentleman by the name of james wesley rawls who was a famous novelist um his influence on a gentleman called gary north uh and then eventually his influence on douglas wilson who is now continuing some of uh, of rush dooney's work there in moscow idaho um Rush Duty, give us a little background on him because I think you have to understand him to understand. Actually, you know what? We're going to get to him in a second, but what is the idea of Reconstructionism? For people that are listening, what, what is it? I think it's primarily to remake uh, America in, in kind of a Christian model. Um, you have to understand that these folks are, uh, are post-millennialists, which means they believe that Christ will return after the millennium. 
uh, and that the the earth will kind of be reformed as a, as a kind of a Christian paradise of sorts, or it will be Christianized sufficiently for Christ to return. So the goal of a lot of these reconstruction, oh, the, the main goal of the reconstructionists is to to remake society. Uh, and what's interesting is that, um, and we can get into the politics of their views and so forth, but um, m- many of them recognize or feel at least that the, the religious right in America, the moral majority folk from the 80s and 90s, they, their, their experiment failed and, uh, and America wasn't taken back by the government. So the reconstructionist and post-millennial movement wants to remake American society from the bottom up, and that starts with education. This is very Constantine. Well, wasn't that what he wanted to do? He he had the idea, you know, he made Christianity the state religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a right. big theme for him, I thought. Yeah, I'm not sure what Constantine's views were on the, the millennium, if he had any at all. Uh, but certainly the philosophy of um, of the these modern Reconstructionists is to, to remake America, remake society, and do it from the bottom up, which means um, things like removing children from the homeschool, uh, removing the children from from public school, uh, and homeschooling children, and, and and therefore go on to college, and we can get into some of the other things that the the, the kind of the um, educational ecosystem that's been developed in the Reconstructionist movement. So, uh, okay, why the Pacific Northwest? That's interesting um, because this group has essentially decided let's all move. Not to a compound, but almost right. to a, 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 let's pick an area and let's all live close to each other. So Some of the origins go back to Y2K. Um, it was Gary North, who was a protege of, uh, of Rush Dooney, identified the Pacific Northwest um, and Idaho as, as a place to be able to um, um, survive um, any potential uh, doomsday scenarios that came along with the Y2K situation in the year 2000. Obviously, that didn't come about, and nothing really changed. Um, but that's that's how that came about. Um, Douglas Wilson has been there in Moscow since I believe the 80s is when he he began to produce um, uh, literature and started a school and so forth. So it seems people have, have gravitated there. It's interesting that you you mentioned that you know the the location is that um, as we saw during COVID, um, it's not so much the location anymore because people can work from home. And more and more people can migrate to wherever they feel that their their people are. So as the old saying, you know, birds of a feather flock together. If they hear that there's a good school, as far as they're concerned, in Moscow, Idaho, um, uh, they want to get there. I mean, I, I know people who live here, who lived here in Springfield that moved to Moscow, Idaho for the school. They have, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. And I've known people. I've never myself ever been to, to, to Moscow. I actually was invited to Moscow a couple of years ago. Um, by a by a family that I, I met at a wedding in Montana. I've not taken them up on their offer yet, but it's it's it fascinates me some of the stuff that's going on there. So if you move there, what's it like there? I mean, the way you describe it, it I don't want to say it sounds cultish, but it's it, it you know the idea of picking up your entire family and moving to live with like-minded people. Yeah, it, it, maybe not cultish, but, but very purposeful in what they're doing there. They have this K-12 through classical education system that's called Logos School. It was founded by Doug Wilson. After school, you've got, after K-12, through you've got New St. Andrews University, or New St. Andrews College, I should call it. Um, and they, they have a bachelor's degree program. Is it accredited? Um, that's a good question. I have to look that up. I don't think it's accredited through maybe the normal means but that's a good but i think it does we'll put it this way as as crawford gribben mentions in the book there's people that have graduated from nsa and gone on to uh, ivy league schools for post uh, postgraduate work okay okay yep. so what's you, you move there 
have they, you know, Moscow, Idaho, do they control the town? Do they live under biblical, you know, in, in a lot of, especially if you look at, and it sort of changed from Rush Dooney to Gary North to, to Doug Wilson, they embrace a lot of the biblical theology on punishments. There's like capital punishment for a ton of crime. Right. Theonomy is what, is what that belief system is, which is the reinstitution of Old Testament law. Now, they're not living that out in Moscow because they have to observe the, the laws of the town, the laws of the state, and the laws of the, the country. But in an ideal world, uh, they are, uh, in, in many cases, um, if they're not theonomists, they're certainly theocratic, that they believe that eventually, if their plan comes to fruition, they can take back the government and, and mold it in a Christian, uh, a Christian fashion that basically we now live in a, in a theocratic world where, or a theocratic nation where uh, God's law is the law of the land. And, and in, within that, the thing is that there's, a, there's a, a conflict with what they believe and what happens because if you believe that God's law is the law, what do you do in a liberal democracy where people vote laws into place that are now opposed to God's law? So that creates this issue of the lesser magistrate. There's a theology of the lesser magistrate where we're going to disobey the laws of the land because we believe the laws of the land violate God's law. So which is superior? COVID was an example of that. Um, the, the town there in Moscow, um, not saying everyone in Moscow uh, was this way, um, but they were very resistant to these uh, COVID measures that came out. Uh, it's fascinating because um, I guess I want to know this re- Christian reconstructionism. Are they running for office? That's interesting. They're not at this stage overtly, though. You mentioned running for office. Ben Sass, the former uh, senator, um, Nebraska. Who, uh, yeah, Nebraska. Now he's who, the president of the University of Florida. That's right. And he, he had, um, you know, he's an Ivy League guy or was. Um, he home educated his children and has an affection. I'm not saying that Ben Sass is a Christian reconstructionist, but apparently he spoke at one of their conferences that related some sort of homeschool conference that was put on by this, this group. Um, so th- no, they're not running for office directly, but in the long run, if their plan comes to fruition, they, they will run for office because they believe where, as I said, the moral majority failed. They believe, w- which was a top down model, we're going to take the White House, you know. Um, they believe, let's start from infancy, let's r- get them through K through 12, then into classical education, and then they can reform eventually the government in a, in a, in a Christian mold. It's interesting. There's a guy who's been elected a state senator over in Oklahoma, a guy named Dusty Devers. We've actually reached out to him a couple times okay. to come on the show. And I, I don't know if he's a Reconstructionist, but he's certainly in this vein. He won a special election, and then when he, his f- first filed legislation – was to do away with no-fault divorce laws. He's like, that we shouldn't have that. Okay. He also believes that income tax are morally sinful, so he's filed a, in a bill okay. to do away with the income tax in Oklahoma. Okay. Very much in the vein of what you would expect from a theocratically centered government. Yeah, I think he he would probably have a commonality or some affection for some of the stuff that's going on in Moscow and, and, the, and the Reconstructionist movement, though it might not be as serious as some of this stuff. Um, because it, it's interesting that, that Wilson, Douglas Wilson, Though he's a he's he's a fan of the of the late Rush Dooney and the late Gary North, he, he his some of his views are not as extreme as some of their views. Um, uh, Rush Dooney was in favor of um, um, uh, uh, using some of the Old Testament dietary laws, um, and North believed that um, I think I could think page. There's a page in the book. I think it's page sixty eight. I'm going to grab the book here quickly. Page sixty eight, if I remember correctly, um, gives you an idea of what North believed. 
Um, or was it not 68? Oh, well. Um, uh, forgive me, I've, I've forgotten which page it was that, uh, that North gives an example of, um, of what his belief system was. Um, but, um, but yeah, that he has some extreme, extreme views with regards to crime and punishment and so forth. So what Wilson did is he kind of toned down a lot of, um, a lot of the views that North had, uh, and Rush Dooney had and where, you know, Rush Dooney uh, attempted to start a, a, this kind of community in California and North decided he was going to try and start a community like this in Tyler, Texas. Both of those communities effectively failed, but Wilson has been successful in establishing effectively, attempting to establish a Christian town, which what I said is also a Christian ecosystem because you have Christian cafes and you have Christian businesses and, and it's the idea of keeping the dollar inside of the community. They they exchange money and goods and so forth by by fellow congregants at the church there, Christ Church. They frequent those people's businesses. Why was Wilson successful when Rush Dooney and North? I think it, it maybe Rush Dooney and North were kind of ahead of their time, and I think some of their more fringe views um, uh, people were not as accepting of. Um, whereas Wilson's is is more of a soft version of it. Also, I think technology has changed where people can now migrate to places because they can maintain their jobs in the professional world, what we'll call it the laptop class, that can work from home as they did during COVID, but can also say, well, I can keep my job and let's just move to Moscow so we can get our kids in the school. And I, like I said, I know people personally that have done that. Moscow. What a, I don't know why the idea of naming it after the Russian town <laughs> seems like a weird place, but yeah. what would you, what would you, if you drove to Moscow, let's say people, mm-hmm. Moscow, Idaho, let's say people were like, oh, I want to go see it. It's like a three day drive. Yeah, I mean, this is way out there. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, are we talking about people in head coverings walking up and down the church or their town elders? Or is it like a normal town, but there is a subsistence within it of this ecosystem? I think it's a normal town. You mentioned head covering stuff. Uh, Gary, I think it was Gary North or it was, um, it was James uh, Wesley Rawls, the novelist. He, uh, he described a future pes- possibly as pistol packing Amish. <laughs> how, he, how he described uh, what he saw things uh, coming to. But no, uh, like I said, the, the town of Moscow, though I've not been there, uh, but though I know of many people that have lived there and people that live there today, um, that um, it's full of professional people. There's a lot of businesses that are over there. With, I wonder how you know, they have accepted this this new culture in their community, if they like it, if the attention's good, or if they're like, oh, this is there's, bad for us. Yeah, there's definitely some tension there. That, uh, because the University of Idaho is in Moscow. Is there, and then there's another school in Pullman, which is very close. Yeah. So th- there is a, there's two universities within a few miles, and there has been tensions, not violence or anything, but NBC News did a sit-down interview with Doug Wilson a few, uh, last year sometime, Um um, showing that there's tension in the community because people know that's that's the 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 coffee shop that's owned by someone who attends Christ Church that's a reconstructionist and that's the coffee shop that's not. So some people kind of feel like they need to draw a line in the sand and say, well, we're not going over there because that's that's run by those Christian reconstructionists. Um, so, but the town, as far as I know, functions. It's it's a, it's a normal it's a normal American town, but there's a distinct flavor as far as the Christian community does have a lot of weight in how things function and how businesses operate and so forth. How much of an impact is the Reconstructionist moving having on the American Christianity in general? Um, I think, obviously, people who are, are passionate, who decide to go to Moscow, it's, it's, it's increasing, uh, increasing the town. In Moscow itself, um, property prices are insane. And they, and really? They, oh, absolutely insane. Like, I talked to a, a, an en- a computer engineer a couple of years ago at a dinner 
Um, it was actually here in Springfield, and he was telling me how he just moved to Moscow, Idaho. But it was this guy's a computer engineer, so he does well for himself financially. He could not afford a house in Moscow, Idaho. So he had to move to a neighboring community and commutes into Moscow for, for business purposes or whatever. But, yeah, the property prices in Moscow are absolutely, yeah, uh, insane. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, Rush Dooney, Gary North, now Doug Wilson. Um, in What would be, do they have a, is there a denomination they're most closely aligned with? Yeah, uh, it's interesting you say that because uh, Douglas Wilson effectively founded what's known as the CREC, and I forget, it's the... It was originally the Confederation of Evangelical Reformed Churches, I believe, is that they may not use the term confederation anymore because that can be a controversial uh, For sure. word. Um, but yes, they they uh, they claim some sort of uh, Presbyterian heritage, um, and they are known as the CREC. And there's two very large churches there in Moscow. When I say very large, I mean there are thousand members or so. There's Trinity Church, and then there's um, Christ Church, which Doug Wilson is the pastor of the church there. But yeah, they have a. They have their own denomination of sorts, and there are other CREC churches across the country. And do they, my, if my recollection is correct, they do, they do like an annual, not a pilgrimage, but an annual conference out in Moscow, I think, in the sort of the Reformation space. A lot of people come out for it. They do, and then they also have um, a national conference called Fight, Laugh, Feet, Fight, Laugh, Feast. And I believe um, that can be anywhere in the country. I think they had one in Nashville a few years ago, but hmm. it's where Doug Wilson and some of these other people uh, that are up there um, get together and have kind of a, a men's conference of sorts and discuss issues that relate to um, the reconstructionist beliefs. Very similar to Stronger Men's Conference. Oh, very, <laughs> <laughs> very similar, uh, minus the tanks. Yeah, um, no, no, no flying yeah. trucks or, yeah. or NFL And athletes. probably not a lot of fire involved, but who knows, who knows. <laughs> Very yeah. fascinating. Uh, if people are interested in knowing more about the reconstruction, reconstructionist movement, where would they find this information? Um, I mean, Doug Wilson has a, um, has a, a YouTube channel. Um, Canon Press is the, uh, is the company uh, that he's a, a part owner of as a press, uh, a, a book publisher, and they also have an app and so forth. I, I, I would caution people with Doug Wilson. There's some good there, that there's, but there's also some bad there. What's the bad? What's the warning sign? Because um, uh, I've heard this from other people that Doug Wilson is not just his own theology, but it's sort of he, he's out there on some stuff. Yeah, for all I agree with Doug Wilson, I agree probably with a great, a great deal of what he says. Maybe the style in which he's um, um, projected himself is um, probably not in keeping with um, a pastor. Um, he's used some salty language over the years and, and said some very insulting things about women. And unfortunately, he's defended them, and he defended them quite recently. So as a result, I, I, um, like, I appreciate a lot of what Doug Wilson's done um, with regards to classical education, and he's founded a school and so forth, and his influence in the homeschool movement. But he might not be the best messenger um, given his um, his penchants for um, for controversial, unnecessarily controversial um, way of saying things, and uh, unfortunately, recently, instead of um, repenting of that, he um, he uh, he unfortunately defended some of his uh, language, and uh, you know some of the contents of some of his books are frankly inappropriate for any person who calls himself a minister. Um, but um, but yeah, so th- there's some good content out there, but I would I would caution people at the same time. The Donald Trump of Christian Reconstruction. <laughs> that's that's one way to look at it. He, he's not, he's not a uh, he he's commented on Trump over the years, um, but like I said, these these people are not on board with the entire. You know, they're not they don't consider themselves Republicans. These people are libertarian, very libertarian. 
um, and their long-term game plan is to is to remake society from the bottom up. That's why they're heavily involved in education. Uh, but I think they're disillusioned with both Republicans and Democrats uh, with regards to their uh, um, their happenings in in Washington. Very good, Bruce the theologian, giving us some insight on Christian reconstructionism. If you want to read the book, it's called Survival and Resistance in Evangelical America, written by Crawford Gib- Gribben. Bruce, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll be back right back. We will wrap up the show, preview a little bit of what's coming up tomorrow. Stick around for that.